Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boots in the Field report. Well, we can say one thing for sure. Uh, you guys are record setters. With the nation's crop only 58% planted and Illinois only at 35% planted, we are now approaching, uh, we are at or approaching record setting territory. People ask me if I've ever seen anything like this and my answer is not of these proportions. We tend to run into, you know, more isolated situations of a county or a few townships, not big chunks of the Midwest. With Illinois and Michigan in the low uh, 30% planted range and Indiana and Ohio in the low 20s, that's a lot of big acres in big corn country that's on the struggle bus. With 42% of the crop yet to go in in the nation, no way around it, trend line yields are going to take a hit. For a lot of you, it sounds like you got a, a chunk of those full season hybrids stuck in between the rains. But as we've talked about in past podcasts, it's probably time now to pull back out of our full season and go to our mid-season, early season corns from here to the finish. Guys are asking, should I bump populations? Because late planted corn usually produces smaller ears. My answer is no. Uh, this late planted corn is popping out of the ground in five to six days, and it's giving you a higher ear count than normal already. But smaller ears on late planted corn is due to less starch accumulation in the grain fill. Kernel count is not the problem. It's lack of starch to fill those kernels. And late planted corn usually gets a foot taller. And taller corn, higher populations tied to a delayed harvest can lead to down corn. So I would leave those populations alone. I've had a number of calls with guys thinking about more or less throwing in the towel on this crop, moving to a 95 to 100 day corn uh, instead of 105 or 107 here in central Illinois. The idea is let's just take the 40 bushel hit and yield, collect on insurance, and then be able to harvest dry corn this fall and have time to do the field work and prep for next year's crop. So start to look out towards next year. Now guys, I know we've had a rough start, but just because you're getting your butt kicked in the first quarter, of the game doesn't mean you give up with the other three quarters left to play. Sure, we've given up some bushels, probably 30 bushel off the top, but for a lot of you, that still leaves us with yield potentials over 200 bushel. You can't use yield levels from late planting in 1996 to reference late planting in 2019. Sure, late planting in 1996 may have had and left you only with 140 bushel. But corn planted on time in 1996 would have only been between 190 and 200 bushel, not the yields that we're getting with today's genetics. Look at the market. What's it telling you the past two weeks? When they add 50 cents a bushel to corn, we can raise 30 bushel less and still gross about the same amount of dollars. In a market rally like this, it's time to step up your game, not pull back. Getting also some questions about bean maturities uh, and should we be pulling bean maturities back with this late planting? Here too, my advice is stay the course. Matter of fact, if you have early beans left to plant, you may want to exchange them for later beans. 
unlike corn, these late beans will be shorter. And at this point, they'll probably be a foot shorter, these late planted beans. This will make wide row beans harder to close for weed control, especially later in August. With late beans, it's time to think about narrowing up those rows from 30 inches, meaning cutting the population in half and doubling back uh, with your planter to make narrow rows. When it comes to population, we've been telling you for years that you're planting too thick. A lot of you have pulled your populations all the way back to 120,000. Well, with late planted beans, they're going to be shorter and we have to actually go the other way. Short beans have less nodes and less nodes leads to less pods. I would move those populations back up into that 160, 180 range and I would narrow up the rows. Question I had from Grower the other day, should I hire someone to drill my beans if I don't have a narrow row planter? Well, if you can finish corn while someone else is drilling your beans, go for it. But my guess is finding a bean drill that isn't busy is going to be kind of hard. Do not sit around waiting for a drill. Double plant if a drill's not available. Now more than ever, bring your A game. And let's finish the next three quarters of this game strong. Starting to get a lot of calls on uh, how to play the nitrogen card. A number of you have asked, you know, since it's close to when we usually side dress and the corn's not planted and you expect lower yields, should we or could we just throw all of our nitrogen out there in one shot and not worry about side dressing? Well, we do not side dress off the calendar. We are side dressing uh, to keep this corn green all the way to black layer. So we have a plan in play designed to keep this corn green to black layer. You know, from planting to black layer, you're typically going to have 120, 140 days. Planting corn late doesn't shorten your growing season that much. You still have to make it to the finish. One of our most inefficient nitrogen applications is that broadcast up front. If you throw it all out there, you're gambling on being able to finish. Late planting doesn't give us an out on our nitrogen planting. Picture this. You throw all your nitrogen out there in the spring broadcast, mainly due to frustration. We end up with a wet August followed by a fantastic September and October like 2017 when we were harvesting 270 to 300 bushel corn planted June 2nd. But your field is out of nitrogen and it turns yellow in the last quarter of the game. Now you've doubled down with front end stress and back end stress. Again, this is time to step up your management, not pull back. Amateurs throw in the towel early why pros step in and mop things up. Trust me, these are the years high-end managers knock it out of the park. Nitrate testing is just getting started, and already guys are wondering if we, can, if we could just guess at what we think those nitrates are. Man, I wish I was that good. When we have a few hundred nitrates coming in from an area, we can kind of get a feel of what's happened uh, as far as nitrate loss in the area. This year, there's so many different situations when it comes to nitrogen that it's not going to be possible to even make a guess. Some of you have large amounts of nitrogen out there, and it's been out there a month, 
and has received 10, 15 inches of rain on. Others don't have any nitrogen on yet. Now for you guys, I can safely say you haven't lost any nitrogen unless your tank's leaking. So I know some of you would like to forego nitrate sampling this year, but that's part of your A game. This late planted corn, we're going to have to evaluate uniformity of stand and make some yield goal adjustments for the late planting and then follow the nitrates accordingly. Corn planted the last 10 days has been breaking through the ground in 5 to 6 days. I'm seeing some very impressive corn stands in this late planted corn, so keep those planters dancing. Pest teams uh, continue to stay on, on top of your scouting. More guys are spraying for cutworm, and yes, some of them have had to uh, bring in the airplanes to get that done. A lot of wheat is about to be sprayed with fungicide. My recommendation would be to go ahead and treat it for armyworm as well. We've had a lot of armyworm moth caught in the trap line, and I expect we will see feeding here next week in this area. Wheat fields and anything planted into cover is going to be more susceptible when it comes to armyworm. Rootworm hatch is underway in the south and will start here in the center part of the state I expect next week. If this wet condition continues for another two weeks, the rootworm population could be affected. It's right after hatch that these worms are most susceptible to drowning. I would rather have the rootworm instead of two weeks more wet weather. The bean leaf beetle have showed up in force as we talked about last week. Keep an eye on those emerging fields. Fields that are emerged, pay attention to defoliation and cotyledon feeding. When you get to 30-40% defoliation and the cotyledons are getting fed on in these V1 through V3 plants, you're probably going to need to treat them. Typically, you're going to be around 5 beetle per foot a row. Not that often do we see that high a pressure, but this year is different based on some of the pictures of beetle uh, feeding that you guys are sending in. Some of these beans are getting smoked. A number of you have had to treat, and I assume the issue is not enough beans planted in the neighborhood and it's causing these beetle to bank up in your field. We just don't have enough soybeans up out there. You guys planting beans in the covers, don't forget to keep an eye out for both cutworm and armyworm as well. In case you're wondering what could have been, the beans that we planted April 10th in the greenhouse using natural light for our summer field day and the Farm Journal Bean Corn College event are at full flower. Matter of fact, the 2-1 beans already have one-inch pods on them. The number of people signed up for the Farm Journal Corn Bean College is running ahead of last year, and we thank you for that. We have registrants from Maryland to North Dakota, from Wisconsin to Texas, over to Tennessee, Virginia, and everywhere in between. So it's got the makings of another great learning event. The crew has everything here at the campus really looking good. If you want to register, just go to our website, click on the Corn Soybean College tab. To wrap it up, let's put our starting players in the game and let's make this season a barn burner. To stay up to date, check out our website at croptechinc.com and subscribe to our podcast, Boots in the Field Report. Keep her safe, keep her moving.